ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. I want to welcome each and every one of you to the 23rd episode of the Do I Offend You podcast. My name is Carl Britt. I am your host. I am your truth teller. And let me get this out of the way early. I'm fired up. I'm telling you, I'm pumped up today. Nothing more exciting than hearing the testimony from a true overcomer. Someone who has longevity in this thing. Someone who has 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 held fast and pressed forward during the ups and downs that life can bring you. It's a fabulous testimony. It's my great privilege. It's my honor. It's my pleasure to share with each and every one of you a candid, up-close, personal interview uh, that I did this weekend in San Diego, California with my best friend, Chris Lawrence, out of Hilltop Tabernacle. That's Pastor Joel Buxton's church on 3rd and L in Chula Vista. If you're in the area and you need something from God, I recommend you go and get what you need. That is 3rd and L in Chula Vista, Hilltop Tabernacle. Uh, But you know, man, I need to put my seatbelt on. You folks are going to be blessed. Okay, let me just say something really quick before we go into our priorities. And then without too much further to do, I'm going to bring you his testimony. But I want to say something real quick. You know, there is so much to be said for a person who can, number one, recognize the truth from a young age, have a love for the truth that sees them through the thick and the thin, the trials of life that, um, you know, we're, we're buffeted on all sides, the Bible says, okay? And for somebody to share their testimony, um, and they've got what this testimony has that you're going to hear, it excites me. You know, I, I put it so far above my own testimony, and I know that in the kingdom, everybody has their own story. And, and, and many of you out there know my story by now. There is a testimony that I esteem so much higher. Um, It's the testimony where a person just really trusts in God. They're not in and out and up and down. They're steady as a rock. And they have grown in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the extent that my good friend Chris Lawrence has done. And I can't wait. I want to ramble on and tell you all about it, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let him bring his own testimony Um, It's going to speak to a specific type of person I already know, and I'm excited by that. It's my pleasure, and it's my honor. Priorities. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for our time together with each and every person that is at the sound of my voice, Lord. I want to thank you, God, for what you are doing in the kingdom and in the body of Christ today, Lord Jesus While the darkness continues to get dark all around us, Lord, you have shone like a beacon into the darkness through your saints and through your children. And it's a great privilege to be counted in that number. God, I ask a special blessing right now over Chris Lawrence and his family. God, continue to keep them, continue to use them. We love you, we bless your name, and we praise you for all things and for who you are. And in Jesus' precious name, everybody said amen and amen. Hallelujah, 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 and bless the name of Jesus. How many of you out there know that we are in a real war, all right? We are soldiers in this army, 
And today it is my great pleasure. I don't, and nothing gives me more pleasure than to be able to take that Holy Ghost baseball bat and smash Satan right in his mouth. And today we're going to do it through the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony of a true overcomer. Uh, my good friend, Chris Lawrence, he's just a dynamic fellow. He is a true Christian and a gentleman in every sense of the word. I love him dearly. He was so gracious to provide me with this interview that I can share with all of you a, a very personal, intimate and up close, candid interview um, with my good friend, Chris Lawrence. And ladies and gentlemen, open up your hearts and your minds. I promise you, you're going to be blessed um, I will come back around at the end of the interview and leave us with the word of the week as I always do. But now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, without any further to do, I bring you my up close and personal interview with Chris Lawrence, the one and only Chris Lawrence. All right, Lord bless everybody out there. Uh, we're going to get underway with this interview with my good friend, Chris Lawrence. Chris, say hello to the Do I Offend You podcast audience. Hello, everyone. All right. This is a mighty man of God. He's got a great testimony. Uh, everybody out there uh, that has, unless you've just tuned into the podcast, you know my testimony. You know the filth I went through. There's a better testimony uh, out there, and, and, and his is much better than mine because he's got... Uh, He's got that staying power. He's been locked in, full of the Holy Ghost, being used by God for how many years? 36 years. It's last count, about 36 years. We'll just go with that. Been a long time. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. Every saint, every Holy Ghost-filled saint has their own testimony. God, you know, he, he I mean, the best, obviously, uh, testimony is when you don't have to taste any of the filth of this world, where you're raised up in the truth and you're locked on from day one and, and you don't have to worry about the disappointments and the incarceration and the addiction that life brings when you get away from the things of God, such as I did. Uh, I know my friend Chris here, he did uh, as a youngster. I think we've actually even gotten high together yes. uh, when we were in our teens uh, with marijuana. But um, for the most part, uh, he didn't have to go too crazy into the things of this world. And I'm really excited. I'm going to be turning him loose here. I uh, want to talk uh, just briefly um, about his testimony, his childhood, uh, what type of family he grew up in, and then um, how he came to know the Lord, how he's been able to stay the way he's the, the way that he's been living for the Lord. And I want to talk about your time in Australia. And, and just so everyone knows, this is a, a, a when he was a young man, uh, a, a complete stud. All right. All the girls loved him at school. He was a surfer, blonde haired surfer kid, played the drums uh, really, really good. OK, expert drum player. But uh, here he is. He's a he's a contractor locally, uh, does very well for himself and he's been a mainstay in my life. He has been um, one of the main reasons that I, I, I came back to the Lord. I mean, just his patience with me, his his perseverance in, in, in having compassion for a soul that he grew up with, uh, even though I was a hypocrite, a filthy liar in and out, up and down, all over the map. He stuck with me and here I am a testimony uh, to that. But this is Chris Lawrence and I'm going to turn him loose. Uh, if you want to just share your testimony, just feel free to start how you want to, and let's get right into it. 
First of all, I want to thank you, Carl, for allowing me to share my testimony. And thank you, Carl, for allowing me to be on your podcast. I uh, see a miracle when I see what you've done and become. Um, it is the complete hand of God that is completely molding you and shaping you like a big lump of clay. Amen and amen. And um, miracles happen every single day. And the best and greatest miracle is a soul coming to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And when I was a kid, I grew up in a very strict home and my parents were uh, Catholic. My dad was a song leader for the church uh, we went to, and it was very strict. So your dad was entrenched into to Catholicism. Basically, if he's out there, if he's in the church and he's being used in that manner. Then. As a matter of fact, my dad went to ministerial school for three okay. years to be a priest. Okay. And um, so he was very doctrinated with the word. Okay. And that's how I became in it, because I was born into that. So I uh, grew up in it. Um, Went to uh, catechism, uh, did my first communion. I was an altar boy. Uh, but let me go back because you're about an altar boy when you're 12 years old. So when I was 10 years old, we all have one of those brothers in the in the family that wants to do their own thing. No matter who can tell them right or wrong, they just go in their own road. And um, I'm the youngest out of three others. I have two older brothers, one older sister, but uh, my one brother went to a United Pentecostal church and he was about 14 years old and I was 10 years old and he came back excited. He came back fired up for the Lord. He came back saying things I've never heard before and um, he opened the Bible and he showed me the scripture of John 3, 3, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I saw that, and he says, see, you're not born again. Now, you have to understand, I was only 10, 10 years old, mm -hmm. just a youngster. Wow, yeah, young. And I read that, and then he actually opened the scripture and, and read more to me how Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time and do his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And when he told me that, and I read it out loud, a light came on in me, the revelation of I am lost. Wow. Because there was an urgency back in 1983, oh man, that was that was 1980, excuse me, when I heard those words of the scripture, that I was lost, that I was not saved, that I'm heading to hell. And that's how he put it to me. My brother was straightforward. That's how they spoke mm -hmm. back then. Right, right. There was no sugar coat. I just took it and uh, digested and I panicked. I remember running to my mom and pulling on her and saying, Mom, you have to read this. We're all going to hell. 
it hit me so hard. Wow. It was like a freight train of the word of God planted right into my spirit. I, I believe uh, my soul soil was perfect for the seed. And my brother planted that and it stayed in me. So then he showed me also in Acts 2, 38, when Peter said unto them to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Yeah. He told me that that was for everybody after the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. These are the only scriptures that were planted in my spirit. You got to understand as a little kid, that's all I knew. Right. So I was hysterical of wanting to be saved. And my mom uh, had to put a big bucket of cold water on that and told my brother to quit brainwashing me, leave me alone. <sighs> and so over time it subsided and we just go our way. But one day, I was uh, with my neighbor, and he invited me to go play miniature golf, and I was 11 years old. And so after miniature golf, he went to the United Pentecostal Church, and he asked me, would you like to go to a prayer meeting? And I was excited. I said, yes, I would love to go to the prayer meeting. We went to the prayer meeting, and I've never heard anything like this in my life. I never even saw anything like this in my life. There were people crying and pleading and worshiping and and you could feel it was it was a feeling that it's really hard to describe unless you're in it. Right. It's a presence that's beyond measure. And I was 11 and I was seeking the Holy Ghost and I was praying for two hours and crying and crying and pleading mm. and begging. And I was begging for it because I did not know how to pray. No right, one right. steered me in a direction of how to receive this Holy Ghost. And so I went home after that prayer meeting and my mom saw my face and she knew exactly. She mentioned you were at that church. Mm. And I said, yes. She said, you will never go there ever again. And so time passed and here I am uh, after that experience, I would lay in my bed at night and try to receive the Holy Ghost crying out and she would call my neighbor Hold it right there just for a minute. Hold on. Hold that thought. Call your neighbor. We got a couple MIGs flying over the house right now. We're live, real, raw. Everyone knows. So let these pass because I don't want anyone to miss anything. You're talking about your neighbor. All right. Thanks for bearing with us, folks. You know how we do it. Carry on. And so my mom called the neighbor and said, my <clears throat> Chris has been crying at night and he just won't stop through the night. He goes, what's wrong with him? He goes, well, he's seeking the Holy Ghost. That's how hungry I was. That's how desperate I was as a little kid. Wow. I did not want to go to hell. Right. Amen. It burned in my spirit all the time. The words, I must be saved. You have to be saved. And that was the urgency that we had, like I said, back then. And so years went on and uh, things happened in our in our home. So that, that first prayer meeting, did you get the Holy Ghost then? No. Okay. I but, did not. Okay. All right. So years, uh, a couple, a year, about a year and a half went by and uh, some things in my home uh, turned flip flop and upside down. And um, there was a divorce and I didn't even know my parents were fighting. They hid that 
so clear behind closed doors. And all of a sudden, my dad's gone. And it put an impact in my heart and because I loved them both dearly. And I didn't know what, what to think, what to do. But now my mom is taking care of four teenagers and she's all alone. And so we had a neighbor that lived across the street and they, uh, the lady invited my mom to uh, the Midway Baptist Church. And my mom said, well, you're going with me, son. And I said, okay, sure. And we went to the Midway Baptist Church. And I remember the singing. It was beautiful. And then I heard the preaching and it was really, really convicting to my spirit. It really was. And, um, and so when the altar call was on, I rushed down to the altar like a freight train and got down there and I was pleading the blood. And I wanted to, I wanted the Holy wow. ghost so bad. I, that the scriptures came back to me. I've got to be saved this way. I needed to repent and I needed to be baptized and I needed to be filled with the Holy spirit. That was in my heart. That's the only thing that was in me. Those two scriptures, I had to be saved. And so I sought the Lord and snot running down my face, tears of flowing. I was pouring it out because that's what the prayer meeting, my experience in the prayer meeting. So I'm going to press through to this Holy Ghost. And then this man came up in a suit and taps me on the shoulder. And I looked at him with snot running down my nose. And he, and he says, you don't have to do that here. And I looked at him and I said, yes, I do. And he said, no, you just have to say this prayer. I said, no. You don't. I read it. It's in the Bible. Wow. And that's so, so so in comparison to obviously the the Catholic Church, that's quite a different. I've I've only been in a Catholic church one time and it was absolutely I mean it was like a library. So you didn't hear these scriptures. So I'm blown away the fact that the impact, which had to be the Holy Ghost, the impact on your life immediately when those when the when the truth came through to you as a 10 year old boy, it rang as the truth to where now you're in what a Trinitarian type of church or a Baptist church or what church is this? It was the Baptist. It was a Baptist church. Okay. I've been part of a Baptist church too. So you're looking at this guy and, and he's trying to get you to repeat a prayer. Yes. Okay. And, and, and you're saying to him, and now how old are you right now? I'm time. 13. You're 13. Okay. And you're, you're, you're literally hammering. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is fascinating stuff. Okay. So carry on. You're, you're face to face with this guy. You're, you got snot everywhere. You're seeking the Lord in, in, in a, in a true apostolic Bible based manner in a Baptist church. And the guy comes up and repeat what he says to you. He says, you don't have to do that here. Okay. Keep going. And I said, yes, I do. I said, I need to be saved. And he wow. said, all you have to do is repeat this prayer. And I said, no, you're wrong. I read it in the Bible. I don't know where it's at really, but I know it's there and I read it. I believe it's in John and in Acts. And, and I said, that's what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I experienced in a prayer meeting that this is how you need to get into the, right. into trying to receive the Holy Ghost. So I, I went there three times with my mom to the Baptist church. And then my neighbor, the one that took me to miniature golf to the prayer meeting, he said, since you've been to the, the Baptist church three times, why don't you go in and ask your mom to see if you can come with me to the Pentecostal church? And I said, oh, no, you know, she's going to say no. He goes, just go ask her. And you know what? I did. And she said, I don't see why not. Wow. You've been to the Baptist church. Your dad is not here go to church. At least you're going to church on your own. Wow. See, never say never. 
Right. Never, ever say never, because God's got a plan down the road. Okay. And so here I go to the United Pentecostal Church, and it was on a Sunday morning. This is the first service I've ever been to in my life, into a United Pentecostal Church. And I go in there, and it is wild. It is coming unglued. There is people dancing, hairs are swinging around, and shouting going on, and crying, and the worship was so beautiful. I was like, this is church? Yeah. I, I could not believe church could be like that. Yeah, too exciting it for was, church. It's <laughs> Words cannot express. They were on fire. They had to open up the door for people to to blow through and run around the church because it was so so filled with people and there was less room to to explode in there. And so I was I was in awe. Right. That's all I can say. And so I was there and I almost got the Holy Ghost that morning. Mm -hmm. um, but I was begging God. That's what I was doing. That's a mistake. I was begging God right, right, right. for the whole, you got to give it to you. you got to give it to me, you know, and because I was desperate to make it to heaven. Mm -hmm. And so Sunday night came and it was extremely powerful. Again, another blowout service. Everybody just hooting and hollering and the glory of God there. And, and I'm just loving it. I'm just, wow, this is, this is something that I've never been into in my whole life. This is a life-changing experience. Right. And so I came very close on Sunday night to get the Holy Ghost. So Wednesday night came, and I'll never forget, I was in the third row back, uh, third pew from the front back, and they were singing in um, just a song service. And there was a song that said, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. Mm. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Mm. He who fed the multitudes and turned the water into wine, to the hungry he calleth now, come and dine. Wow. And I was lifting my hands and worshiping God with all my heart, and tears were coming down my face. And the pastor came off the pulpit and down to the front and stepped over a couple pews and laid his hands on me and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues mm. and it was right there. Yeah. And it was real. Yeah. The real deal, the right. real touch from heaven. Right. Jesus really came into my spirit, right. into my soul. And now he's been dwelling in me since April 19th, 1983. Okay. He's been living in my soul. Now and you were 13 at this time. I was 13 years old. Okay. No one in no one in my family except my brother was going to church at that time. And he went to church for about six months and then he fell away. Okay. And he's all in my prayers all the time. Right. And he will come back, I believe it. Amen. In the okay. name of Jesus. So with that being said, okay, real quick, because of, of, of time, and I'm going to try to get, uh, I'm just trying to pick out, uh, yeah. So I'm trying to pick out. Um, certain things that I would like you to convey to people. Number one, let me really, let me back up real quick. You said you were speaking in other tongues, which we know that's Bible as the spirit gives the utterance. And the Bible says that speaking in tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. So you as an unbeliever, you come into the church, you're seeking the Holy Ghost and he zaps you. And so, you know, I always wondered when I saw people for the first time speaking in tongues, I thought to myself, well, these are some intellectual people. Are they faking it? Is this some kind of cult? Is this some kind of madness well it turns out no it's absolutely real it's divine it's supernatural it's the infilling of god's spirit into your heart and the bible said the spirit gives the utterance when you're speaking in tongues can you verify that it was not you that was doing it absolutely 
it was it's it's Jesus's language. That's how I can relate to uh, reveal it to somebody right. because it's not your own. When you yield, that's the key. Right. When you yield, mm -hmm. and you yield with worship, yield with praise, right. yield with adoration, mm -hmm. and you are sensitive. Another key. God will speak through you. I mean, I knew it was real because everybody around me was speaking in an unknown language. Right, right. So I believed it yeah. from others. Yeah, absolutely. And so I said, I need that. And this is how I have to get it. Right. I can't beg. I right. can't plead. I just yield after you know you have repented of my sins. I said, God has forgiven me. Right. And so then... And so that's the initial evidence that you now have the Holy Ghost. But what follows that is the fruit you bear. So your life completely changes. You get a sense of what is holy and what is godliness. And you start living accordingly. You're faithful to church. You're reading the word. You're seeking after him. You have a great prayer life. Now, you're about, what, 13 years old at this time? I'm 13. You're 13. And so we're going to fast forward just a little bit. Uh, like I said, for the sake of time, you, um, you obviously the world... Uh, was after there was a war for your soul. Okay, you want to go ahead and jump back in, handle it. I just want to say a couple things. I know where you're heading. Uh -huh. And um, yes, from 13 to 19. Okay, let me tell somebody out there because I really feel it in my spirit. All right. Okay, I had a major prayer life. I had a prayer walk. I I mean, a pastor was my prayer partner. His, his son was my prayer partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, we sought God. It was a daily prayer, prayer, prayer. And and I want to warn somebody out there that thinks that they can handle stuff by themselves. That's a lie from the devil. Because this is where I'm going with my transition. I had a, a good prayer life. Mm -hmm. And I really thought I was on fire mm -hmm. and I could handle anything mm -hmm. until a girl walked through in right. my life. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here I am thinking, I'm going to bring this girl into the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to tell you, the devil will set people up. Right. And they, he will use anything he can because mm -hmm. he knows. And so here I am. Why wasn't I after somebody in the church that's right. already loving right. God? No, I was still full of me. I, I can do it. I right. can do it. I can do it. There was a prideful attitude in me saying I can handle this. Right. Right. Well, now, that's a key point right there real quick. Let me just point this out to the listeners. So you, you know, the Bible says, take heed when you stand, lest ye fall. What, what, what causes a person that has a prayer life like Chris's, what causes a person to uh, stop taking heed, even for a brief amount of time is that pride when you start letting pride creep creep in and you say, Hey, listen, I've got this, a, 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 an important ingredient called humility slowly comes into pride. And before you know it, you have an attitude that says, you know, Lord, I know I'm unequally yoked if I get with this girl, but I can pull her in and save both of us, which you're watching in your own life right now, your son mirror the same exact thing little christian you're on fire for the lord the same exact thing happened to him and i want you to continue on okay go ahead you're, you're handling it. hallelujah he's got watery eyes we're moved here the holy ghost is here this is an anointed uh, uh um time that we're sharing with everybody right now and um i'm just super excited i i i want you guys to hear this testimony so uh we're going to continue on and i'll try not to interrupt too much but i do want to try to clarify some things you know if i can but go no ahead worries. so here i am a, a, 
a woman walks into my life and I, I think I could be strong enough to pro in the church. And you're 19. I'm 19. Oh yeah. All the hormones. Okay. You know, um, I know it all now. And, um, the worst thing you can do is, uh, go against your pastor. Mm. Once you go against your pastor and what he says, do not do, you better listen to it because you will pay the price down the road. Well, I didn't listen to the pastor. I didn't listen to the youth pastor. I didn't listen to my mom. I didn't listen to my friends. I didn't listen to everybody that was saying, Hey man, you're, you're going the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And here I am saying, no, I got this. I can handle this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'll tell you what, when you walk out of the will of God, you're in a dangerous zone. And so here I am thinking I can handle this. Um, she was from Australia and I, Went to Australia. I flew there and I get <clears throat> this is how I knew I was completely out of the will of God. Is when we were walking off the plane, we we're walking down the stairs, and when as soon as my foot hit the pavement, and you're okay, so let, let me you've you've gone against the will of the pastor and everybody yeah. by dating the girl, and now what you guys have flown to Australia, yes, sir. Okay, so you're relocating, you're moving, I'm moving, you're getting away from it. I'm giving away, all right, because too many people are telling you not to do what you want to do, and you're going to do by God what you want to do, that's right, all right, so you're stepping off the plane, yeah, and I stepped on the soil. Watch this, ladies and gentlemen, watch this now when I put my foot right on the soil of Australia. God told me you are completely out of my will. Mm. And I knew it right then and there. I, I just said, Oh my, I, I felt it. I felt an urgency right then and there to, to cry out to God and ask for repentance, which I did, but I, here I am in Australia mm. and I'm 19 and I, I, uh, need a job you know i'm on my own it's with her her family uh in unknown territory for me mm. the very second day my body broke out in a rash head to toe it completely inflamed all over my body and i was literally living in misery um and i was there for two years but um, in that two years, I just wanted to let you know and clarify it. I did, I did find my altar right away. Mm -hmm. But the rash didn't go away, right? The rash never went away. I still have the rash right. to this day. Right. So I, uh, I got a hold of God. I got a hold of the prayer life. I got a hold of my word, and it was just me, the word, and prayer, and so not the girl. Not the, the girl didn't repent with you. No. No, the oh, girl, okay. girl lived her life, did her thing. We were just living yeah. together. Um, and it was, uh, it was a very, very, very bad situation. A hard time. It was so hard. So initially when you saw her, you said, oh, I can win her to the Lord. But now yep. it's manifesting itself that the truth is you cannot. I could not. Okay, yes. No, it was a lie from the devil. Mm -hmm. Took me out of church. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but thank God for his mercy. Right. That's, Amen. that's, that's renewed daily. Mm -hmm. And I was able to uh, find an altar, cry out to God. Um, the pastor would send me a tape of each service. I had a tape in my mailbox for two years faithfully. Wow. Because wow. you didn't have a church there in Australia. Nope, there was no church around. Wow. There. I'm blown away. Nope. I just did it myself. And it was a do or die. Because if I knew I wouldn't get into it, he might have turned his back on me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I felt his voice so strong. You're out of my will. Right. And I was really scared. 
because I feared God. I feared hell. Right. And I was really trying to, to get this girl that I thought, you know, with all my heart, I loved and had to be with her. You know, that's the one. But it was just a snare of the devil. Mm-hmm. So she, did you end up marrying her? Did you guys get married? Down in Mexico. Wow. All this is so. You're running as far as you could possibly. I was run. running. Yeah, I was Jonah running, running like a maniac in the opposite direction. Okay. And so um, in a nutshell, you know, um, I was able to come back to the United States and get right back into church and go go gung-ho for the Lord. And So you were there two years with her. You come back to the United States with or without the girl. She came. She came back, but then she... And what does she think about your salvation and the way you're living for God? What has she got to say about that? She thought I was nuts. Really? Literally crazy. She... She right. wasn't into anything about religion whatsoever. All right. So we're going to we're gonna take a quick intermission, and then we're going to come right back and continue on with the testimony of my good friend, my best friend, Chris Lawrence. Uh, so please stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are back. I know that probably seemed like just a blip to you folks, but we had a good glass of water and a, and a little bit of a talk. So we're going to pick up with the with the uh, testimony. Uh, Chris Lawrence, my good friend here, was talking about how he got out of the will of God, uh, ran with a woman to Australia, got off the plane. And in his, I mean, he reminds me of Job almost because he was stricken so horribly on his body with a rash. The next day after getting there, he has it today. It's it's a constant thorn in his side. Hey, but it's what brought you back. It might be what keeps you back. Everyone's got a thorn. Everybody has a thorn. All right. Everybody amen. Does. So why don't we pick up with where we were? Um, you are now getting ready to come back. And you've been listening to the tapes that the pastor's been sending you because there's no church there. You've got a great prayer life. You've repented of your sins. You're living for God. The girl's not living for God. No. Okay. So she's just doing her own thing, still thinking you're nuts, Mm -hmm. but not enough to where she wouldn't go back to the States with you. She obviously got on the plane when you left this to to go back to the States, right? Yeah. Okay. So pick it up. Yeah. Uh, We came back to the States and I was gung-ho about getting back into the church where I left and uh, got got involved. Um, we ended up getting into a divorce, which is sad. Um, mm-hmm. So she went back to Australia, and I had a son with her. He's 30 years old. His name is Jesse. And, um, and so they're living their life, and I'm here back uh, trying to serve God the best I can. Um, Trying to keep the prayer life going, and now the, 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 the let me let me clarify something real quick. The pastor, so I have an understanding. The pastor that you uh, initially got your the Holy Ghost, yes, right, okay. So he's the one sending you the tapes. Yes, he's actually a very you draw very close to this man. Yes, he's okay, like, like my father, right, okay, and I and I know him personally, and he is a wonderful man. Okay, mm-hmm. so now um, this is the church you go back to. When you get when you come back from Australia, you go back. Yes, you're crying. You're you're, you're saying you're sorry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Of that, course. Humble. Humble. Okay. That's awesome. He, of course, he's going to put his arms around you and love you and say, "Welcome back." Now go get on them drums and let's have a worship service. <laughs> well, no, it took a little time for that, but um, he did love me. Uh, great man of God, and and uh, still is a great man of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. And here I am back in. Uh, Imperial Beach and and living for the Lord and just uh, trying to do 
what the Lord wanted me to do in my life. Right. And, and now and she divorced, you divorced her. Yeah. Okay. And so and you're she, still rather young. You're what, 22, 23? Uh, 22. 22 years old. Yeah. Okay. And back on fire for God. Back on fire for God. Okay. Down over Jesus. You, you, you know, it's, it's so amazing because I can testify it knowing you that you've always had a close walk. And I'm not talking about just, you know what I mean? Yeah. You fell off the wagon, whatever. We all have our, our problems. Yeah. But for the most part, you have locked onto this truth like a bulldog since you were 10 years old. It got into your spirit when your brother read you those passages. And since then, I can testify that you have grown. You've been used. You've saved souls. You have uh, you lead worship. Um, I want to talk real quick, um, mm -hmm. if we can. Um, your life now, you're 50 years old. I'm 50 years you're old. You're 50 years old. So you're a little bit younger than me. And... Um, you know, I what I want to do is um, I want you to talk real quick about how long were you in that church? What were you involved in as far as whether it was, you know, uh, leading worship? I know you were ba basically you were the right hand man. You were involved in everything. And I know that. Um, how long did that go on for? Um, I was there for my goodness. Put it this way, I was there for so long. I mean, that was that was home. Twenty years, uh, total thirty. Okay, wow. How's yeah. that? Yeah. So you were entrenched into that church, and and I know how yeah. close there was a church of about a hundred. Yeah, hundred, hundred. Okay, hundred. And time, you, you led worship, you led, led worship. you were involved in the music program. Very much so. Okay. Um, youth pastor. Youth pastor. Um, is a men's department you know uh head usher forever right sound man you name it whatever right. i needed to do i was at your service right amen okay and so you became a contractor mm -hmm. the lord's really blessed you okay we're sitting in one of the rooms of your nice house right now mm -hmm. uh, out here in san diego and um so i want to talk about um a transition that that took place in your life uh, something really we would consider extremely dramatic. And what it pertains to is, um, and we know from scripture, mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the seven letters to the churches in Revelation that John the Revelator wrote, one of them was to the church of Laodicea. Mm -hmm. It represents the end times church, which basically we're seeing unfold. Oh. Many, many, many churches, even in our organization, who have once held that truth, had sound doctrine, saw the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and the power of Almighty God go blowing through like that rushing mighty wind on the day of Pentecost that went through the upper room. This church is under such attack by Satan and that we've seen the Laodicea um, really move in in a very subtle way over time to where churches that we once attended, we see that they're basically kind of getting away from the truth and they're falling asleep at the wheel, if you will, for a lack of better terms. This happens to the to you after 30 years of being in this church. You've got great ties to the church. I mean, let's think about the relationships that you had. Mm -hmm. OK, so all those people that, um, you know, you, you really become a family. Is what Absolutely. happens. So something happens. Something starts to transition that doesn't set well with you. Can you go into that for us? Well, when I first came into the church, I was uh, 13. And what was preached 
back into my spirit and branded into my soul um, back then was uh, changing. And so um, through change, you see different things happening. Right. Okay. So real quick, I don't don't want to interrupt you too much, but I need, uh, I I, I want to be a little more specific. Okay. You said things were happening. All right. So what was happening? Because we know what's preached. We know the standards. Mm -hmm. We know that it's holiness that separates us, right? According to God's word, holiness Holiness uh, separates us from that world. And usually what happens that we, we know what happens is the, the, the way the Laodicea uh, spirit gets on the church is there's usually a drop in those standards of holiness and the world creeps in. Mm-hmm. So tell us really what happened. Why are we laughing? What's going on? All right, you're on the spot. It's, Praise I God. am on the spot. All right, hallelujah. And but it, you know what? It is raw and, you know, um, it's so true that the devil's a roaring like like a roaring lion, mm-hmm. and he's seeking, he's seeking whom he may devour. Right, and you know, um, he's roaring in churches all over. Right, that's right. He's after you, no matter where you can go. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to find you and peck you off. Right, and he will use any tool he can, and the church is a huge tool. Right, that he uses. And over the years, I've I've noticed um, a spirit in in the church that um, is more laid back, more uh, more okay with um, things that were preached against. Right. So the, the 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 truth and and the doctrine that was sound that they once stood for, they starting to let off the gas. Pump. Now now they're letting they're. they're Putting it in neutral right. and just coasting. And the Bible says a little leaven. Leaven's a whole world. It, 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 which represents sin. That's okay? right. A little bit of sin. It's almost like a cancer cell. You get a cancer cell, it starts so, metastasizing. So go so on. So let me. So what really did the turning point in, in my spirit was um, I saw a change in the atmosphere. Okay. The change of worship. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. Right. Okay, uh, there's got to be a breakthrough. There's got to be a moving. Mm-hmm. You, there's got to be a yielding to let God take over the and service anointing. and not a yeah. man mm-hmm. and shutting down this and shutting down that. And mm-hmm. and I just, uh, you know, um, I just prayed to God. I, I want more. I want more. I need more. Um, I was starving. I was starving for what I used to have. And then uh, when Sunday night service were canceled, that was a ripoff to my spirit. That mm-hmm. was a ripoff to the saints of God to have only one service on Sunday mm-hmm. than two. Right. Sunday night was a highlight. That was another. Right. That was one thing. In it's me. more church, not less church. We got to have more church. Right. Amen. And so, um, you know, it gradually. I mean, it took it took it took some time. It was uh, it, it was hard, but yet my kids now are teenagers, and and I just felt like it was time to move on. Because I wanted more for them to get connected with the Lord. Right. And I just was doing it. I have to move. Right. Obviously, this was a very dramatic thing. You're wrestling with it. I I know that you went to the pastor several times and poured your heart out and, you know, did what you could as a person, which is amazing. Okay. So let, let me, let me stipulate something real quick. So everyone gets a good understanding of what we're talking about here. So it's very rare in the Bible. You know, 
when the Bible talks to the church of Laodicea, which we know is the church that went lukewarm. Okay. So they got cool on Christ. And um, he says, you know what? You need to uh, repent and get back on track um, or I'm going to snuff your candlestick out. Now he's talking to the church collectively as a whole. But what happens, okay, in Chris's situation, uh, which is very, very, very important, that the 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 tenacity that he locked onto living for God with, and that fear of going to hell that he had when he was ten years old, um, he hung on to that to the point where he was able to. And I'm going to say right now, I have family in churches that have fallen asleep and they just are rolling with the punches and they think they're okay, but they're really not. The Bible says the church of Laodicea, Laodicea is blind. Yeah, blind. They're, they're, they're blind. Okay. So when you're blind, you can't even see what's going on or what you're a part of, mm-hmm. but you, God had your eyes wide open. Your spirit was in check. Okay. Right. And so you, you know, which even, even the fact that you got up and did something about it really says a lot because I know of people that, are checked in their spirit about churches they go to, but they don't have what it takes to say, I love my soul enough. I want to be used of God enough to where I have got to break ties. I've been there 30 years. You've been there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you basically, uh, and you're in, you're, you're so close to the pastor. You're so close to the people of the church, but at some point you go to the pastor and you say, what? I have to leave. It was time to go. Wow. And what's he say to you? Well, I just needed more. I needed more of the Lord. Yeah. You know, and I was welcome back anytime, but I just, my spirit Mm -hmm. needed more. I needed to pray. I needed to seek God. And so I felt where I went was the place where the Lord put us. Right. Amen. And I'm excited. I mean, I am so thankful to be in a safe place. Mm -hmm. I mean, the power of God. Right. Is what I longed for. Right. And they had it. And it was what I was longing for, for years and years and years mm-hmm. being there. Because I knew I needed that touch again. Yeah. That I first had. Yeah. That first love. Yeah. The first move of the Holy Ghost. Right. The first anointing that flowed, the oil that just yeah. never run dry. It just was always there. And, um, you know, I just want to thank God. Mm-hmm. That he did help me. He helped me come to the place where I was starving. Right. And now I'm being fed. Oh, yeah. Man, the new wine that just pours out every service, the the anointing, the preaching of the word. It's mm-hmm. heart, soul convicting. It's it's a safe, safe haven. Amen. That's right. And, 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 and God is so merciful to my spirit and to my mm-hmm. family that he was able to. To guide me there. And this pastor that, that you, that you so you left one church, you go to the, another church, and you see they're on point. You walk they're in, you point. can feel it. It's the same they thing that, that was They got that intimacy. Preached. They got that, that, that they, they, they yield to the unction of the Holy Ghost and let him run, this, run the church and all those things. You become um, involved, obviously, because, um, I mean, I know you lead worship. You play the, you're so involved in this church. And it's a testament that, guess what? You did the right thing. Okay. Um, I'm growing. You're growing. You're being used. being used. I owe you my salvation. Okay. Basically, I mean, you know, you really took me in. You let me stay here at your home. All right. Um, 
running amok. Running amok. All right, running amok. But God's blessed you with a great a great job. You're a business owner. You're a contractor. Yeah. You do well for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a, you've been blessed with Lisa, a lovely wife. Yeah. Okay, that God's blessed you with. And you know, um, I want to just say this: we just came from a, a, a church service. Um, where we got to be under the preaching of uh, the evangelist, uh, Brother uh, Howard. Andrew Howard, a young gun. I mean, this guy's a young gunslinger, and he was just, man, I'm, I'm blessed. But, you know, I noticed something, and, and, and I'm going to just say this live. You know, you were down there, and you do this every time. You go down to the front, and you're crying your heart out and worshiping mm-hmm. just like you did when you were 10 years old in that prayer room. Absolutely. And you've done that every day since, and it's kept you. Yeah. You've been kept because I'm going to say this and, and I, I may get, there might be some backlash later on with what I'm about to say. That's okay. That's fine because we're keeping it live, raw and real. Mm-hmm. But the people you left at that church. Okay. And I know them personally. Mm-hmm are still there playing church. Okay. And and I say that, I say that because, you know, a lot of people don't want to say this kind of stuff. I'm just saying it because I'm calling it like I see it. And if, Mm -hmm. if the Lord checks me on down the road, then praise God, I'll repent and I'll say this, but you know what, what a privilege, what a, like you said, you, I'd be crying too, because I could be sitting there right with them. And we know that there are entire churches. People are going to hell from Pentecostal Holy ghost filled churches. Mm-hmm. Because they let the fire go out. Can't let the fire go out. Can't let the fire go out. You mm-hmm. know. And I remember you calling me one time and telling me, "I need more church, not less church. I need more church, not less church." That's right. And so I'm I'm super fascinated with your walk with God. I'm trying to mirror my life and my walk with God after that. Can I say something? Absolutely. Take you know, free reign. You know, um, this morning, uh, the two scriptures that were up on the, the screen that. Um, brother Andrew Howard mentioned John three three John three three and was Acts two thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Was that a coincidence? No, no. There's no coincidence. There's no coincidence, and that was so exciting because I was in my room praying this morning, wanting to know God's will, what He really wanted me to say, and right away was those two scriptures that were placed in my soul mm-hmm. when I was ten years old. Right. Think about that. And those are the only two scriptures. The only he, two scriptures. He preached off those two scriptures. And that was it. Ain't that amazing? And here we are salvation. giving your testimony. He preached salvation. Yeah. Yeah. No bottom bottom line. You must be saved. Right. You must be born again of water and of spirit. Yeah. And you know what? Let me let, let, let me bring you in on something right here. We didn't talk about this. This is an un... By the way, this is unscripted. Okay, <laughs> folks? Uh, we, this is as raw as it gets. But, you know, so let's, let's, let's say... The Bible doesn't even exist. We're going to do a hypothetical, a hypothetical thing. And there's all these churches that are trying to worship a God, but there really is no word of instruction to us from the Lord. And, you know, you go to a church, which you started out in Catholic church. Right. Okay. You even went to catechism. I didn't. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me that, but that's, that's pretty significant. That's very, very significant. And then you go to the Baptist church. Okay. Even without what God tells us in his word is the experience of receiving the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking tongues and the power from on high that endues you to change your life in repentance. So you live a holy life unto God away from the things of this world. 
you would with even out with without the instruction it would it would be something that happened to you a real experience that you can say is tangible it's the power that changed my life it's the power of the change of my life and you know what so here's my question okay i say all that to say this that power that is demonstrated not only in god's written word to instruct us on how to go about doing that mm-hmm. but when you see that happen in your life on a daily basis over all these years and now you're 50 years old so you've really been living for god for about 37 8 years 37 38 years 37 years okay that is absolutely remarkable i mean what a testimony what a, ladies and gentlemen this guy is just in he's entrenched into the things of god and um, he's got he's, he 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 lives. I'm going to say this about Chris Chris Lawrence, okay? Um, and there's a lot that I could say, but the the man first and foremost, and overall and above all, is a Christian. He's a Christian. He is a kind-hearted, loving, genuine, truth-telling Christian. And and and, and I'm blessed that he is my dear friend. So I want to do something real quick, if we can. And and when I and I said this earlier that we're you know, unscripted. I'm going to do something. I just was interviewed by the way, um, by Ray, brother Ray Munoz out of brother BJ Wilmoth's church called hope center there in Redlands, California. And brother Ray Munoz has a podcast directed toward the apostolic movement called kingdom minded. And he interviewed me. And at the end of the interview, at the end of the interview, and, and he's doing a series called my story. So he's bringing people in to give their testimonies. And I was one of the first ones. And, um, at the end of the, the testimony, he says that he, he wants me to do this. And I'm going to ask you to do this. Mm-hmm. I want you to go back to any Chris that you can go back to. Whatever age, whatever situation you were in in life. And now you have lived through life and you can go back and say something to that Chris. What Chris would that be? And what would you want to say to that Chris? Just take your time. It's okay, folks, if there's a little sign. He's got to think about this. Like I said, unscripted, live, raw, and real. Listen to your pastor. Listen to your pastor. Listen to your pastor. Yep. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Yep. Save you some heartache. If I were to listen to the pastor, Mm -hmm. obedience. Yep. Obedience. You know, it's it's amazing. Because I'm watching my whole life being played out right before me. With Again. your son, with your son, and Chris Jr. And it's obedience. Yep, obedience. And, and you know, it's funny because, you know, it, it, you you really have, even at 19, and it's funny that you're, you're talking to this Chris that is uh, 19 years old and you're saying to him, and this is you in the past, and you're saying, obey your pastor. Forget about what you feel. Forget about what plans you have. Obey him. Obey him. Even if it hurts you, even if you got to cry into your pillow over this Man. girl. You know, I actually, um, during the interview with Brother Munoz, I, I I spoke to two Carls. And I won't give that away because that interview is going to be played out on my podcast as well, for you as well. But uh, one of the Carls I spoke to was one of the young Carls that was at the same church you were at. Uh, a gentleman named um, Brother Sheftik, okay, mm-hmm. um, spoke a word of revelation into my life while I was praying. I was, thir- I was uh, 15. And he spoke something into my life one night while I was praying. And it's amazing um, because I didn't um, I didn't know who it was until later down the road. But what he said to me was was something I'll never forget. He said, you know, um, God's going to use you mightily. 
and you're going to have a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, I, I'm on the precipice of being used, um, doing what I can, obviously, but I have a story to tell. And so I told that little Carl, I went back into that time too. And I said, listen to your pastor, mm -hmm. listen to your parents, be instructed. Mm -hmm. um, because if you don't, you're going to have an Australia experience. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a thorn on your skin and in your side that, that remains to this day. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I want to, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, and I know the audience appreciates this. This is a powerful, powerful testimony. And um, you are such a killer and such a beacon in my life. And so I would like you to now, uh, as we're, we are closing the interview, but um, so you've spoken to Chris and you've said, be instructed. OK, well, there is someone out there right now that's listening. Mm -hmm. It's just a, almost a guarantee. Uh, they're 19 years old mm -hmm. and they are we don't know what they're struggling with, but they're struggling with something. Can you give them a word of encouragement? Can you give them a word from from your heart? If you're wavering with truth, uh, the truth is you got to be saved. You really need to find a place to seek God and really, really, really pray. Um, like I said, you got to be born again of water and of the spirit. Amen. Okay. And you can't enter the kingdom of God. Um, you must find a place that preaches that truth. You must find a place that's sounded, grounded in that truth. You must have a place in your spirit that's going to want more than just a repentedness. It's beyond repentance. You got to go deeper. If I mean, I like I said, I had a prayer life. Mm -hmm. And I was in travail life. Could seek God. And I, and I fell on my face. So that tells me my own soul that I need to pray more and I need to take care of this flesh mm -hmm. that wants to try to gum up and uh, rule this, this man I am. And I, I need the spiritual man to be more stronger. You got to pray. You got to love God and you got to separate yourself from the world and your friends if you have to. Mm hmm relatives if you have to and just hang on to jesus because jesus is coming he's coming back for one church mm. one bridegroom mm -hmm. amen and you better be finding a place to cry out to god now because now is the time for salvation amen that's All a right. good word that's a great word um i'm man i'm just so privileged to have you on this it's a great honor chris um and i know that everyone's going to enjoy this interview um you know it's it's amazing how um, you just encourage me, you know, I don't, I, there's not a whole lot to say right here, but you know, you really encourage me. I know that someone's out there is going to be encouraged through your testimony. Um, continue to be on fire because you're an inspiration. You know, when I first got the Holy ghost and, um, was living for God and I came back to the Lord here at uh, second chance church, you would call me up every day. And here's what he would say, folks. He'd say, Hey, have you spoken tongues today? You know, and, and sometimes I'd say, yeah, I haven't. Sometimes I haven't. Okay. Now there ain't a day, hardly an hour that goes by and I'm getting with the program. And because, you know, it, it, it's, it's truth. What you're saying is truth. The person has to have a prayer life. 
They have to have a, they have to be rooted and grounded and have to have a desire to stay on fire for Jesus Christ. So I want to thank you um, so much for coming and we'll do another interview here. Uh, we'll have more to talk about here just probably in the next few months or whenever I get down. I don't see you that often, but when I get down, uh, we would love to have you back on the Do I Offend You podcast. So uh, Lord bless everybody out there. Christian, want to say something real quick? Yeah, I want to pray for you all actually right now. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful, God, for your word. We're so thankful for your mercy. Yes. We're thankful for Calvary, Lord, without Calvary. God, and your precious blood that can flow upon us, that gives us power to be overcomers. I pray, Lord, for everyone under the sound of my voice, God. And today I pray for Carl, Lord, and for his direction, Lord, Lord. and using this podcast to reach whosoever will, God. Mm. I'm praying, Lord, for an anointing upon him, upon his family, God. I'm praying for all ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say in these last days. Time's running out, and God, I want to be right. I don't want to be caught off guard. Mm, I pray, Lord, that my soul will be right. I pray their souls will be right. I pray there will be a hunger and a desire and a starvation for more of you in this life, God. I pray, bless everyone out there in the name of Jesus, and everyone would say, Amen Amen and amen. amen. All right. So much. Uh, I'm so grateful to you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for tuning in. This concludes uh, the interview with my good friend, Chris. Lord bless everybody out there. Thank you, Chris, so much. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Wow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Chris, I want to say I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, And I'm sure the audience appreciates you so much in opening up your heart, giving us your testimony. There's no doubt. And through the glory of God, I know right now that someone at the sound of my voice has been blessed, encouraged, uh, filled with hope and touched through your testimony, um, because that's how God orchestrates things. I want to thank you so much. I do appreciate it. I wish I had more time to uh, elaborate and debrief on some of that testimony. But we'll have him back, ladies and gentlemen, um, again before long, and we will sit down and perhaps just uh, have a conversation like we're sitting on the couch and talk about the goodness of God. Um, What an inspiration, Chris, your testimony. Thank you so much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give the word of the week. It's found in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. And it says this, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. It's evidenced through the testimony we just heard that Chris has been all his life, day by day, minute by minute, and in this fight where we are soldiers in the army of Jesus Christ, where we are more than conquerors, where we are overcomers, he has put his trust With all of his heart, he trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's evident that God has been a shield for him. And God is a shield for all of us if we'll put our trust in him. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that's the Bible and that's the truth.